place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspot's Comics Town Aloha, comic book fans! Welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 204, where I'll be doing some recommending, but only lightly reviewing of the best of the new comic books that just came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, April 17th. And this particular podcast swore off of dairy, but then Ben and Jerry's came out with that stark raving hazelnuts. Mm-mm. <laughs> I am your friendly neighborhood host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I truly hope that you and the ones that you hold dear are just all doing well, because that's very important. And please do us a tiny favor and hit the subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Then go and check out all of our past podcasts on our giant podcast feed. And then follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live. And YouTube, all in one easy-to-find place with one easy-to-find name, at Sunspots Comics. That's right. And I always start the show with some humble thank yous. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Thank you so much for listening and finding us here at the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I know there's like a billion podcasts out there, but whether this is your first time just trying us out or you're one of our Sunspots Comics loyalists, seriously, thank you for choosing and listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. It really means a lot to me. And thank you to my friend Nick, Papa George. He's the guy that sings our fantastic Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check out his solo singing stuff on Instagram at nicholas.dell and his band called Solution on Instagram at solution underscore band. If you love island style, feel good reggae that's infused with rock, then you're going to love the sounds of my friend Nick, Papa George. So please check out him and his band Solution. And thank you, Nick. And also, thank you to our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. My buddy Julian hand makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts. They're based on cryptozoology. You just open up your HP Reveal app and your smartphone together, and you point it at a Cryptid Zoo t-shirt, and they will come to life with this just weird and awesome video presentation. You gotta see it. And when you go to cryptidzoo.com, most importantly, use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off of any shirt order. That's right. Just go and check out cryptidzoo.com. And now, I got my trusty one knee pad and my single glove, because that's all it takes, as I make a giant superhero landing. Yeah, it felt great. See? Not a scratch on me. Right into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 204, starting out with some stuff that's been floating around inside of my nerdy brain. Sound a little Italian there, sorry. <laughs> the first nugget of nerd lodged ever so deeply in my nerdy frontal lobes is Avengers Endgame. Yes, it's only six days away. I'm recording this right now on the 20th, 420. Uh, A4 premieres this Thursday. Or the 26th. I can't believe it's already here. It just seems like it's just been so long that we've been waiting for Avengers Endgame. This is the uh, the Infinity Saga. We're at the end of Phase 3 of the MCU. The 22 movies in the MCU, I can't believe it, that have come out since 2007, starting with Iron Man. I just can't believe it's been that long and the 22nd movie is already upon us. 
And just take a moment to just to breathe that in for a second. Yeah. It, it, it feels good. <laughs> the MCU is the highest grossing film franchise of all time. Making over $18.6 billion. I'm sure as I read this, it's now $19.4 billion. And that's just the box office. Can you imagine if we added in movie sales like the uh, you know DVDs and rentals and Redbox and all that? And then merchandise? Could you imagine? I mean, yes, we count those things separately, but it's all part of the of the Avengers family. It would be something like 1.21 mega godzillion dollars. That's, <laughs> that's how many dollars it would be. That's a lot. <coughs> anyway, <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home, which comes out July 2nd, uh, will end the MCU Phase 3, which is crazy because some say that's odd that, that the end of Phase 3 would be a lighthearted Spider-Man film. But maybe it's just to cleanse the the dark palette we're going to be having from Endgame, right? And Marvel did this also at the end of Phase 2 with Ant-Man. And some people said the same thing. Why are they ending Phase 2 with Ant-Man? But Ant-Man did have two solid end credit scenes that led us into Phase 3. So maybe Spider-Man Far From Home, coming out July 2nd, will give us a glimpse, a blink, a little taste into Phase 4. Maybe they're just going to tease us there in the end credits. I hope so. I have can't see it, but I literally have everything, all my fingers, toes, and anything I can cross, currently crossed. Because uh, that's just great stuff, right? You got Endgame, you got Spider-Man, hopefully a tease into Phase 4. The end of Phase 3 really means the end of a lot of MCU actors' contracts, right? We've all heard about it. I mean, does this actually mean we never get to see Robert Downey Jr. again as Iron Man? Or, in my mind, I'm thinking maybe this is where the secondary cameo styled contracts kick in <laughs> where they show up you know Thor's just there he's like hey how's it going you know just just cameos minor appearances maybe we'll see and then they also of course bring on the new younger characters and so on but Disney is keeping all of the MCU P4 that's what I'll call it uh, details under wraps under heavy Mickey Mouse wraps Disney wraps <laughs> Sounds like something I would eat. A Disney wrap. Uh, can you imagine the kind of NDAs they all had to put in, they had to sign, they had to put in place to safeguard the Marvel movie universe? <laughs> can you imagine? Like they just go after your great, great, great grandkids. And so, anyway. <laughs> and I also only saw half, or maybe most of, the first teaser, tra the, the teaser trailer of Endgame. And uh, so I'm going in very fresh. I know there's like four trailers. I even did my usual thing where I closed my eyes, I shut my ears when I went to see Shazam and they had this super long endgame trailer. Yes, it felt like it was like 18 minutes long, I swear. But just like Indiana Jones at the end of Raiders, I did not look at the Ark of the Covenant. That is the endgame trailer, I swear. I kept my eyes shut! And, uh, <laughs> and I also did avoid all the clickbait. Oh my gosh, all the clickbait and the spoilery articles. Anytime I saw the word reveal in an article, I didn't care what it was. I just turned away. Or it, or the word found or anything. I just, just the word marvel, I turned away and did not look. And that's really tough to do. It took a lot of discipline, hard work to do that. And there's still six days left because this is when everything ramps up. More clickbait, more trailers, just more everything, more ads. When you're on, you're on paying your insurance, when you're on Wells Fargo bill pay, it's like, boom, Avengers. Have you seen this part? Here's a spoiler. It's everywhere. It's coming at us. It's surrounding us. But uh, <laughs> that's just mostly in my mind. But if you don't already have your Avengers Endgame tickets to opening night, it's sold out. I'm sure you know this already. You've looked, you've crashed, you've helped crash all of the servers. 
the day after, the day of, the uh, the fan premiere night, all of it, it's sold out. Two days after, sold out. I mean, unless you're in somewhere very, maybe rural, like mid-America, somewhere in middle America there, you might have some stuff. But everywhere else, pretty much, they're gone. You, you're going to have to see it like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Like a 9 o'clock a.m. showing or a 4 a.m. showing. It's just crazy when you go onto the movie sites and look at everything that's sold out. It's just bananas. But uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just going to make all the money. We all know that. It's, it's going to make every little bit of money that's out there. That is Avengers Endgame. Lastly, I will be doing, of course, an, an Avengers Endgame AV4 review on a future Sunspots Comics podcast. So just stay tuned for that. The end is upon us, folks. Avengers Endgame, April 26th. Let's all go out and see it. And the last thing that's floating around inside of my nerdy brain is I'm actually creating my very own comic book. It's called Zombie Destroyers. <laughs> I'm so very proud of it. I can't wait to release it. Issue number one of Zombie Destroyers, basically the pencils and the inks are just almost done. We're just doing some kind of repair on panels here and there and some stuff. Little pieces of art here and there. I'm just kind of editing it because I'm wearing all the hats. I'm, I'm editing it. I created it. I'm doing the writing. I'm doing the lettering. Please follow Zombie Destroyer artist Jordan Hudson on Instagram. Give him a follow. He's a great artist. At Skablad. S-K-A-B-L-A-D-D. Thank you so much, Jordan, for making my dream become a reality of creating a comic book. And if you'd like a glimpse of what Zombie Destroyers actually looks like, just head over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers. You will see three glorious colored sample pages right there for you to look at, to check out the comic book that I'm making called Zombie Destroyers. And next is a quick mention of our interview segment. It's called Spotlighting. Spotlighting is where I get to share with you my conversations that I've had with some amazing comic book creators. Please check out this particular spotlighting interview that's on the Sunspots Comics podcast feed right now that I'm very proud of. It's a conversation with comic book creator, writer, artist, Daniel Warren Johnson. He created and wrote two of these comic books that I absolutely love called Extremity and Murder Falcon from Image Comics. Both of those, by the way, have been top Sunspots Comics picks of the week. Definitely worth your time. Check them out. But we talk about Daniel Warren Johnson, his process of making comics, how he got into the comic book business. I always love those stories. And just so much more. We actually nerded out for almost an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes, I guess it was. <laughs> just flew right by. He is definitely one of my favorite comic book creators of all time. You've got to check it out and listen to it. I even played two of his heavy metal shredding guitar tracks at the intro and the outro. you got to listen to that. Check out his band Bruticus, which, yes, is the name of the band in Murder Falcon. So please give it a listen. It's the Daniel Warren Johnson spotlighting interview on our feed right now. And before I forget, on the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 196, I actually have two short interviews at this year's Long Beach Comic Expo. One is with Marguerite Bennett. She's the writer of Animosity from Aftershock. And the other one is DJ Kirkbride. He is the writer of Aaron Boys from Image Comics. you got to listen to these. They are two fantastic comic book creators. So just pleasantly pleased and humbled that they came on the show and I could talk to them. So check them out and so many other great interviews. I'm forgetting a bunch of people with comic book creators on the Sunspots Comics podcast feed. Go check it out. And by the way, if you work in comics or you're trying to break into the comic book business like me, let's have a fun chat about your comic book right here on a future Sunspots Comics podcast. All you got to do is send me a piece of your work. Send me some of your comic books so I can read it. I do have to genuinely enjoy it. But send it over to Chris at sunspotscomics.com or message me at sunspotscomics so we can set up that interview for you. I definitely like to do my part and support 
independent comic book creators. So now, onto the Soul Stone <laughs> Avengers, the super-powered main event of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, which is my comic book recommendations. That's right, I'm about to share with you my favorite picks of the new comic books that I read that just came out, New Comic Book Day, April 17th. And just in case, for the people that are spoiler-sensitive, like myself, here is a super-duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alert. But seriously, do not worry. I really just try to inspire you to go and buy these comic books, to go and read them. I don't want to spoil everything. I want you to enjoy the experience. I never discuss the last few pages or the cliffhanger. I leave it alone. And I only discuss some of the interesting points in each comic book, because there's a lot of points. But just in case, you have been super-duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alerted. And before I get into the top comics, let me of course announce this week's Artist Winner and Cover Artist Winner of the Week. Every week I pick what I believe is the best of the comic book art of the week. It's hard to do, there's some fantastic artists out there. Uh, but you gotta put your nerdy eyeballs on these immediately. I promise you will be so happy that you did. They truly represent what is the best of comic book art. So my pick of the week for the Cover Artist Winner is Ian Bertram for his splendid cover art on Little Bird issue number two from Image Comics. Give him a follow at Ian Bertram Inc. And I think what I love most about the cover of Little Bird issue number two is it's just very unique design and style. It just doesn't look like most comic book covers out there. For one, there's this woman who is uh, Little Bird's mother. She is just standing there in this just position of strength with this spear in her hand, she's got a, a gun in her waist, or a knife on her waist, and she just has this like amazing giant head of hair, it looks like Tina Turner mixed with Cher, <laughs> yes I'm old, but look those up, you'll see what I'm talking about, just this giant hair, <laughs> you can't look away from it, it just reminds me slightly of James O'Barr's The Crow, which I love, one of my favorite comic books of all time, she just has this blank stare in her eyes too, but it's it's just it's just ominous and she has this like white makeup or like red kind of white like and with like red around the eyes like war paint is kind of what it reminds me of it has this like little hints of maybe a, like an american indian kind of feel but maybe like from another planet <laughs> from a definitely like an indigenous tribe of something and i love that she is just standing on some kind of like these like this pink gooey tendrils and the top layer of it looks like like blubber, like she just landed into a like into a whale, and that's kind of what the under fleshy part of it looks like. She's standing in this. It's odd. It's beautiful at the same time, and the just the pale color palette. It's just it has this faded look to it. It's just all very unique, and it has just this wonderful style all its own. So that is why Mr. Ian Bertram, for a little bird issue number two from Image Comics. He is our cover artist winner of the week. Go look at it, folks. Little Bird issue number two. It's a stunning cover. And now on to the artist winner of the week. This week, it goes to Ian Bertram. Yes, <laughs> he won both categories of Little Bird issue number two from Image Comics. Again, follow him at Ian Bertram Inc. Right off the bat, I love how this week's cover artist winner of the week continues this pose right into, a, into page two of Little Bird. Comic book real estate is very limited, only, you know, 20 to 30 pages, so I love when the cover art leads directly into the issue. It's a rare thing, so I, I just really enjoy that. It just feels like you're getting more for your money, and I, I really appreciate that. 
And Ian Bertram's style reminds me of some of the top artists in the comic book biz, like Jeff Darrow comes to mind, Dave Rubin. I love Dave Rubin's stuff. Just weird and twisted and odd and beautiful. But Ian has this, they all have this kind of unique perspective and very twisted designs. That's definitely what Ian Bertram's all about. He pushes the comic book art to its to its limits here. And I think he really, and art, artists like Jeff Darrow and, and Dave Rubin, they really just kind of want their comic book to not look like everything else out there. And they really put a concerted effort into that. So I appreciate that. And Ian's style is, a, is definitely a bit on the abstract. Characters don't look traditional. Head shapes look odd and weird. I love it. And when we get to see this upside down world, this in-between world, this, this purgatory of sorts, it's weird, folks, and twisted. <laughs> and it definitely feels like you're inside a Salvador Dali painting. Yes, mind trip, acid trip, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> There's even a stairwell that's going in all different directions. Very Salvador Dali right there. And there is this jaw-dropping panel of Little Bird's mother. She's hitting the ground from a very tall per place. This, the art on this shows her on the ground, like the impact and she's there and she's alive and she's kind of like looking for help. It's just gr gruesome. There's a reason why when people plummet from the top of a building or something, they usually don't show the, the, the very close up shots of this. You get a close up shot of this and it's gruesome. It's graphic. I'll tell you that much. Very rated R, very gory. But maybe my favorite sequence of art altogether in Little Bird issue number two that just really brings the weird to level 10, and I love living in the world of the weirdness level 10, is getting to see the, the just the downtrodden in this world. There's these augmented people, there's these broken souls, there's the dying, and there's the dead. And it's this like, like six panels of where that all kind of comes together from the augmented to the broken souls, the dying to the dead. It's just, it's sad, it's just captivating and gorgeous all at the same time. And that's just very, very hard to do. Just seriously do yourself give yourself a treat and go look at that particular panel set of where we get to see the downtrodden in the little bird world it's just it's gorgeous and sad at the same time really affected me emotionally but anyway that is why mr ian bertram for little bird issue number two from image comics is our cover artist and artist winner of the week thank you mr ian bertram for sharing your amazing gift of art it's, it's glorious thank you and the breakdown actually read a pull list of 18 comic books this week and only five of them made it to the great ones recommendation list that's right it's got to be great to make the sunspots comics podcast top pick list and new number ones actually had three new number ones this week and none of them made it to the top pick list that's right it's got to be four stars and above to make it to our list here so here we go here are my comic book recommendations this is my list of what i consider to be the best of the new comic books that just came out the brand new stuff new comic book day april 17th and i strongly strongly recommend you go and buy these at your local comic book shop today find them support them they really do need your help what local comic book shop do you support Cool, 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 cool. I support Comic Madness in Ontario, California. Hello to the owner, Lee, and the manager, Jeremy. Jeremy, by the way, is actually working on a variant cover to Zombie Destroyers issue number one, the comic book that I created. He's working on it as we speak. I cannot wait to see it when it's all done. So thank you, Jeremy. Please give Jeremy of Comic Madness a follow on Instagram. He's at SkeletonKing82. He's a great artist. Check out his stuff. 
And please, support your local comic book shops today. So now, as I told you, there were five great comic books this week that I'm about to recommend to you. So here we go. Coming in at number five is Middle West, issue number six. And this is from Image Comics. This is Scotty Young on story. I love Scotty Young stuff. I Hate Fairyland comes immediately to mind. That was so much fun. An art by Mr. Jorge Corona or George Corona. I love his stuff. I follow him on Instagram. He's a fantastic artist. He just really captures the the, the world of a child, kind of the, the eyes, the, the, how you see the world through the eyes of a child. It's just beautiful, lovely art is Jorge Corona. And this is just another very solid issue of Middle West. It's so beautifully drawn. Middle West has been a top Sunspots Comics pick of the week at least once. And there's only it's only been this is only issue number six. So it is very worthy of checking out. Middle West, I highly recommend it. I absolutely love the opening sequence. It might be my favorite sequence of this man who lives in a giant trash heap. He's kind of like Oscar from Sesame Street. This reminds me of him. He's just a grumpy old guy, but he's a wizard. And he's about to start his quest to find the main character here, young Abel. And he's discussing this, about to begin his quest, with his good friend who's a, a talking crow. <laughs> Not a counting crow, but a talking crow, okay? Anyway, <laughs> Abel's, um, by the way, four-legged friend in the story is a fox, so... Not a big surprise to see a trash man talking to a, a crow. <laughs> Fits along with the Middle West theme. But I just love their agitated banter. It's just, uh, they're at each other's throats. It's hilarious. It's good. I love that sequence and the way it's drawn is beautiful. But maybe my, maybe another favorite of mine is when young Abel and his talking fox are learning to live with these carnival people. And it shows you kind of the inside of carnival people's lives as he joins the this carnival group. And it's this coming-of-age moment that's just very sweet, very tender. And I just love that. And it's, he's... Abel is just very hard at work here. He, he did have this paper route before, but it really did not prepare him for the daily life of being a carny. There's just a lot to it. He's fixing things. There's, there's animals. There's all these crazy people <laughs> that are carnies. And, and so he's really challenged. And he's actually working there to pay off his debt of destruction. In the last few issues, he helped like pretty much destroy this carnival. So the head carnival person, who is a wizard, this woman, very interesting character, by the way. You get to see more of her here. Um, he's working until his debt is paid. And I love the sequence where his debt is paid, but he quickly decides he's never going back to his verbally abusive father, who, by the way, turns into a tornado when he gets angry. Yeah, the Hulk's got nothing on Angry Dad here that turns into a tornado. And Abel also turns into a much smaller tornado of rage. So that uh, we have, that kind of sort of happens here. And it's a fantastic action sequence. But Middle West has a very solid story structure. It's just so beautifully drawn. And it's just a wonderful coming-of-age fairy tale. So I highly recommend Middle West. Get it, folks. It's wonderful. And coming in at number four is Daredevil, issue number four. This is uh, Legacy, issue number 616, which I appreciate that. Legacy numbers always mean a lot to me. I think all comics should maintain that. There's too many number ones out there. It gets confusing. But anyway, um, and this is uh, written by Chip Zdarsky, an art, wonderful, gritty, realistic art from Marco Cicchetto. And I'm a big fan of Marco Cicchetto. His lines are very crisp, very detailed. It's just, uh, it's modern comics. When you see it and, and you'll feel it, it just has a very modern feel to it. 
and I really appreciate that. It's just everything is set in real physics, real, real angles. It just all has a just weighted gravity, realistic-like feel to it. And yet here we are with superheroes. But Marco Cicchetto, fantastic artist. This cover, by the way, was almost the cover artist winner of the week. You got to look at it. It's this stunning painted style of the Punisher standing there wielding his his guns, and instead of his white skull on his chest, it's the red face of Daredevil. Yes. Awesome mashup. I totally, there's, they need to be like action figures of this, posters of this, but um, it's just awesome. Easily, my favorite sequence, this is an easy one, it's an absolute win, is when Daredevil awakens from having his face just pummeled by this new detective, Detective North, from the hard streets of Chicago. Uh, (laughs) And when Daredevil awakens, he quickly gets into this philosophical debate with the Punisher about how killing people is evil and <laughs> and he punisher's like no you have to kill evil people and punisher's like this is the only option to truly put an end to these people and i just love how the punisher keeps calling daredevil a phony he's like because he because you beat up criminals with your little stick in your halloween costume and in a few months these criminals are just back on the streets <laughs> and, and he's, he's got a good point but then the fight sequence happens and it's just this amazing fight scene between daredevil and punisher we've seen it a bunch of times but it's always nice it's just your favorite scoop ice cream you love to have every so often and there's just these wonderful like subtle silhouettes that's going on there's there's a lot of like brutal like blood squirts in this it has almost an r rating there it's just because because of, of chichetto's style of art it looks very realistic and the blood is just squirting and gross but anyway (laughs) and then i love when daredevil tells the punisher that if he used guns he would like murder every person in the world every every evil person in the world (laughs) and that only pleases the punisher he's like yes that you should definitely do that (laughs) and you know they just have this this interesting relationship and again fighting as they're in this philosophical debate about killing evildoers but it's just top-notch writing paired with some fantastic, gritty action and art. Marco Cicchetto, you did a wonderful job. But get Daredevil, folks. Uh, it will just pleasantly surprise you. It has pleasantly surprised me, Daredevil, for a few years now. It's one of the best Marvel comics out there. Get Daredevil. And you're only on issue number four. So grab the other three and start this arc and you'll be all caught up. Here we go now into the uh, the top three, the top three comic book recommendations of the week. Coming in at number three is Spider-Man Life Story, issue number two. And this is uh, from the mind of Chip Zdarsky, who is uh, writing Daredevil, and artist Mark Bagley, or Bagley. I love Mark Bagley. He honestly captures... For me, the 90s Spider-Man and has this special nostalgic place in my heart. That is Mark Bagley. So thank you. It's great to see your art on this. And by the way, Spider-Man Life Story issue number one was a top comic book pick. Sunspot's comic book pick here when it came out. So I highly recommend it. And issue number two was another great and very surprising issue. This is definitely a surprise title because there are a lot of Spider-Man comics out there to read right now. It seems like every week, I'm not joking, there are three at least three Spider-Man titles every week for Marvel. So they are just pumping them out. They're getting us ready for July 2nd, Spider-Man Far From Home. It's like, we just can't get away from it. But I think the reason I was really surprised with issue number two of Spider-Man Life Story uh, was, and I usually honestly do not invest much time into what-if comics, but 
all the what ifs here, they really worked. That's why I, I was seriously surprised because I usually think of what ifs and I go, eh, another what if, eh, another what if. But not this. Basically, all of the what ifs in this story really worked. It surprised me how authentic these what ifs in this story feels. And it is like this, this, like an autobiography kind of feel and style from Peter Parker here. And one thing that I thought would be a problem in life story is the time jumps. Issue number one set in the late 60s, then you get a 10-year jump here to the late 70s. And But writer Chip Zdarsky actually does a fantastic job at the pacing of this and filling in those spots of time so you understand what happened to Peter's life. And I also love that everyone is aging in this, like it's not very Marvel-like in that aspect. So I really enjoy that from every single character. It's like, wow, the 10 years, you could tell. And I appreciate that. It's subtle, but it's you don't see time age forward a lot in Marvel and DC Comics. So it's kind of refreshing. And and how this issue handles the Gwen Stacy situation, the clone saga, the goblin family fiasco, all of it just feels very fresh and a bit harsh at times. I'm like, man, they actually went there, especially in dealing with Gwen. It's a very crazy twist. Like, Peter Parker's actually working for Reed Richards, and they sort of very quickly introduce the sort of clone saga mess. And I was really kind of surprised at how kind of dark that moment got for Peter. But anyway, I feel like when I'm 80 or something, this might be the Spider-Man that I go back to when they collect all of this. And I hope that, like, when this... This is just a miniseries. So I hope when this ends, it is actually a hard end. Like... Telling Peter Parker Spider-Man's full life story. I'm getting choked up as I'm thinking about this. Like the end of Spider-Man. Because nobody wants Spider-Man to actually die. Okay, no one wants that. So let's not go there. <laughs> Please, Marvel. Don't. Just don't. But, <laughs> like, um, Into the Spider-Verse was enough. Even though he's a multiverse Spider-Man. That was, that was too much. Anyway. But maybe if we just had Peter Parker, like, in his 90s, sitting in a rocking chair, and just... And, and maybe telling a story of how the, to his grandson about how he was Spider-Man or something. You know, some sort of like looks off into the sunset, some sort of great ending, a hard ending to Spider-Man, you know, and, and we can kind of look back on that as, you know, that would maybe be the potentially real good ending for Spidey. So that's what I'm enjoying. That's why I highly recommend Spider-Man Life Story. It's gripping. It's a twist. It's a what if. It takes his whole life and turns it upside down. Costumes change color. He even has uh, the spider suit is kind of awesome. It's this different sort of 90s edition. Although it's uh, it's supposed to be the 70s. Anyway, don't worry about that. Definitely read Spider-Man Life Story, issue number two from Marvel Comics. And now coming in at number two is Oliver, issue number three. And Oliver is from Image Comics. And this is written by Mr. Gary Witta. And it's art by Derek Robertson. And man, I don't think I've ever seen a comic book with this much rain in it. <laughs> I was honestly impressed. It's just so much rain. And that's just really hard to pull off in comics. It really is. I mean, you're you're putting action and effects in front of comic book art. So it's hats off to, er to artist Derek Robertson. That's tough to do, man. He did a lot of rain here and it really impressed me. I'm telling you. And this is, by the way, just an action-packed, almost wordless comic that will have you at the end of your seat all the way to the very end of your seat and to the end of the comic. <laughs> Issue number one of Oliver, by the way, was a top Sunspots Comics pick of the week. So this series is very worthy of your time. But Oliver finally gets to find out 
sort of. What really happened to his mother? Was she this strange genetic experiment? Did she did she die? Like what happened? <clears throat> you get that here, or or do you? There's someone could have some sort of evil intent here. But you got to read this. I, I'm not going to tell you any more than that. You know me in spoilers. But this is an interesting turning point. This is a, the main turning point for our main character Oliver here, where he just finally truly decides he is going to fight the powers that be. Like, with or without the help of his adopted clone family. Issue number one has this woman with a hazmat suit on, traveling through this apocalyptic land. She drops off her baby with all of these clones, these bald-headed clones. And they're like soldiers. But, anyway, Oliver has decided he is going to make this Nazi regime government pay for what they did to the world. This war, like the winners of the war are not, it's not a great bit of government there. There's a lot of sort of uh, uh, DNA augmentation, and it's just a very desolate planet Earth. And Oliver now has decided he is going to go after them, period. And I love that. He's like, I'm just one man, but I'm a unique one man. I, I Maybe I'm a clone. I don't know what I am. I, I'm very strong. I heal very quickly. And I am going to take out of as many of this Nazi regime as I can by just me. I love that. His sole purpose whether he live or die, whether he gets help or not, is to end the tyranny that is this evil Nazi regime. And, oh, I also love this sequence where there's this uh, big soldier, evil Nazi regime guy there standing there, and he has this, this white dog with him at his side, and that white dog has a glowing red eye. Like, I need more of that. I want to know what that's about. I want just, uh, like, a couple of pages of this crazy dog with some sort of augmentation or robotic enhancement. Uh, I need that. I hope we get some of that. <laughs> but anyway, I just, it's an action packed, non stop comic that is Oliver issue number three. It's a quick read with almost no reading. <laughs> it's a lot of action, a lot of rain, a lot of fun. That is Oliver issue number three, our number two pick of the week. You gotta get it. It's fantastic. Almost top pick of the week. But here it is. Here we go. On to the number one top comic book pick of the week. This is the one, the chosen one, the Jedi Master, the Supreme Leader. Here we go. The number one top comic book pick of the week is Little Bird, issue number two. That's right. It's our cover artist winner of the week and artist winner of the week is Mr. Ian Bertram. And it's written by Darcy Van Polgeest. Yes. Love this writing. Very fantastic structured writing style in this insane world, but has a great way of just bringing it all together. Because if you look at Ian Bertram's art, you would think this is going to be too hard to understand. It's going to be all over the place. No, it's just very like decisive, clear writing from Darcy Van Pol Geest. Love it. And uh, this is the Triple Crown, folks. It's the number one pick of the week and the cover artist winner and the artist winner all together, folks. It's the triple winner, the Triple Crown. And uh, issue number one of Little Bird was a top Sunspots Comics pick. I've said that a lot on this podcast. I know. It's not very often that a issue number one and an issue number two are top picks of the week here. Honestly, there's usually a major drop-off from one to two because a lot of number one issues want to pack two extra solid punches of stuff. And issue number two slows things down and then explains a lot of things and sets up the world. That's kind of a way a lot of comic books do it. But in Little Bird issue number two... You get the action, you get a heavy story structure, and just this wonderful layered character development of Little Bird's mother. Very interesting character, and beautiful to look at, too. She's on the cover. 
But Little Bird's mother is this very strange, genetically experimented, augmented woman that when she dies, she goes to this upside down world, this this afterworld, this purgatory thingy where she can regenerate. And this this realm this has a very kind of spiritual, otherworldly feel to it. It's so uniquely done. Again, inside the world, inside of a Salvador Dali painting is what it reminds me of. Weird staircase and all. And this evil scientist named Bishop, this character, he is definitely the evil Frankenstein for this seriously, seriously messed up church that is kind of ruling everywhere. And that's what it's really all about, is how evil this church is, and how evil this main character Bishop is. And they're really doing a fantastic job of setting up a very evil bad guy here that you want to see die in some cruel kind of way, yes, because uh, this bad guy Bishop is an a-hole. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, the, they have all kinds of strange, scary creatures in this world. I love them all and the way they look. Maybe the most frightening of the creatures are these young boy clones and their outfits. And they have these frightening eyes that I, I don't think they have eyelids, too. They're just these wide open, scary, gaping looking eyes. And I, I don't recommend looking at these little boy monster clones for very long. They got these white masks and those those eyes with no eyelids. It, it just will haunt you and give you nightmares. <laughs> but I just love everything about this very unique world overall and this very unique story of how this rebellion that is starting to build against the very evil church, my gosh, and this very evil bad guy named the Bishop. And uh, man, what a fantastic cliffhanger at the end here. Because uh, I can't say anything, but man, it just leaves you hanging. It leaves you wanting more. It, it, you got to have more Little Bird immediately, but you got to wait for it. It's a monthly release. I mean, Little Bird, folks, get it. It's weird. It's beautifully drawn. Our cover artist and artist winner of the week, Ian Bertram. And it's just a very unique story about this very odd war between this oppressive monster-making church <laughs> and this rebellion that's led by Little Bird. And her mysterious badass right-hand man, by the way, named Axe. You gotta see it. He's just like this Hulk. He's practically indestructible. His favorite thing is just wielding an axe. A very simple name. I love it. But I want to see what happens here. Are, are they going to build an army? It's like there's Little Bird and Axe right now and a small little ragtag rebellion against this, the giant of empire that is this evil church led by the bishop. But man, get Little Bird. It's intriguing, it's unique, and it's beautifully drawn. I highly recommend it. It gets five stars. That is Little Bird from Image Comics. Again, written by Darcy Van Polgeest and our artist winner and cover artist winner of the week, Mr. Ian Bertram. It's beautiful. Little Bird. Get it immediately. So there you go. Those are my new comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, April 17th. Let me lock that comic book vault door. There you go. Please go to a local comic book shop. Please help them out and buy these five comic books immediately. Trust me, you'll be so happy you did. And if you have any questions, comments, or you want a personal comic book recommendation maybe, just email me directly to chris at sunspotscomics.com. And to see the entire Sunspots Comics universe encapsulated into one place with all of my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on the pull list, you'll see the just updated 90 comic book titles that I'm currently reading. 90. Yes, 9-0. Also, click on top comic book picks of the week. You'll see all of my past top picks. They're all there right on my website. I update it every week. Just go and check out sunspotscomics.com. And also, one last thank you to our sponsor, Pop-Up Tea. 
Check out their huge selection of nerdy, fun t-shirts at popuptea.com. They seriously have a t-shirt for every nerdy thing you could possibly think of, and then some. <laughs> Use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS, and you will get 25% off of any shirt order. That's right, even the clearance stuff. So go and check out, and thank you, to popuptea.com. And please tune in next week for issue number 205 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I'm going to be reading 17 new comic books. They're on my pull list this week for New Comic Book Day, April 24th. And four of those 17 are actually brand new number ones that I'm definitely going to check out next week. And here's just a little short little tease and some comic books, new comic books that I'm really excited and looking forward to reading next week. So really quickly... You've got Amber Blake, issue number two. That was a top pick last week. you got Ascender, issue number one, from my friend Dustin Wynn and Jeff Lemire. It's the continuation of Descender. I, I'm really excited to read this and see where they're going. Um, random pick, Jughead the Hunger versus Vampironica, issue number one. I gotta look at that and see what that's all about. Star Wars Vader Dark Visions, issue number three. It was a top pick of the week, the number one pick of the week. I can't wait, wait to read more of Star Wars Vader dark visions so anyway that's just a tease in the next week but don't forget our sunspots comic pledge is i'm gonna read a whole bunch of brand new comic books that come out on april 24th but then i'll only recommend to you the greatest of them so you can save some time and save some money that's what we're all about and please help us out tell a nerdy loved one about the sunspots comics podcast maybe someone that you know that kind of likes comics and please give us a five-star review with a few positive words on itunes if you do so it just means a lot and i'll actually give you a shout out on a future podcast and i'll even mail you some a little comic book prize package as a small token of my appreciation so please help us out hit us up on itunes with five stars and a review and by the way every link every site every person everything i discuss on the pod there's all links to it on the podcast notes, so just check those out if you want to link and find any of the stuff I'm discussing. And last, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you harnessed a little bit of the positivity I'm sending your way, but it really means a lot to me, and I appreciate you listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Thank you. And like our good friends, friend Stan used to say, hang loose, heroes. Have a happy Easter, by the way, or Passover, or 420 day, or, or maybe just a, a regular weekend. Whatever it is, have a happy one. To be continued. Comics now.